Hey guys, this is uh, episode five here of the podcast. Uh, we're coming to you live from uh, uh, Yorktown, Virginia, uh, over here at a campsite. Just thought we'd switch up the setting a little bit. Yeah. Uh, have Brian with him here today. Brian drove up here to, to hang out uh, for the podcast. Yeah, we're and, doing that. Uh, great outdoor style. It is a great outdoor oh. style. Uh, we're recovering here, or, or I say the you know, the East Coast is recovering from uh, Hurricane Isaias. Um, she came through Hampton Roads last night, about two in the morning or so. Uh, definitely saw a lot of tree limbs and debris. I saw out in Norfolk, uh, there was like a hundred year old church building that uh, took some significant damage. So hopefully everybody stayed safe out there. Um, other than losing some power, a couple down trees, uh, I think I think we're pretty pretty safe here. Yeah. 2020 doesn't need anything more. <laughs> uh, we don't need no hurricane shit going on. <laughs> So, anyways, Brian, uh, tell tell people what you're smoking and drinking today. Uh, so right now, I am uh, smoking on a Sinistro. Uh, this is a Mr. Red. I got it from my buddy Mike at uh, Pale Horse Cigars. Uh, check him out. He's up in Chesapeake. He's also got a coffee shop up there. Real solid dude. Uh, always giving good products. Uh, also, I got uh, my traditional uh, White Claw Ruby Grapefruit Seltzer. And then uh, on the side, I'm drinking some uh, Cape Draws Distillery uh, straight bourbon. So uh, that's also good, but got to mix it up a little bit with the claw, you know. I'm, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not down with the claw law, guys. I'm not hating the <laughs> seltzer game. Um, I like Truly. Um, that's probably about it, actually. Um, but there's some other ones out there to try. But I've, I've given every flavor of claw <laughs> an opportunity and uh, they, they fail me every, <laughs> every single time. time. <laughs> uh, anyways, today, guys, I'm, I'm, I'm smoking on an archetype. Uh, it's a limited edition, uh, the Master. It's a blue label. Uh, this came courtesy of uh, RCB uh, from the Ventura Cigar Company. For Charles, bitch. For Charles, bitch. <laughs> um, so, again, thank you. Thank you for that. Um, uh, I have uh, the old trusty out right now, Red Can Original uh, Bud Heavy. Uh, and that's paired with a uh, Cape Charles Distillery, uh, small batch uh, straight bourbon. For those of y'all in, in the Hampton Roads area, if you guys haven't taken the opportunity to go up and explore Cape Charles for the day, I uh, highly recommend that you go up and do that. A small little uh, quaint town as you describe it, but they've got some really cool seafood spots up there. Uh, there's actually a little Coast Guard station there, so Jim McMurray, you can come out and visit too and uh, get your puddle pirates <laughs> underway. Um, on wind power yeah. um, and whatnot, but yeah, they got this really cool distillery they open up. They also do some apple pie moonshine. They do some gin. They do some vodka. It's a really cool. It's, a, it's basically a mom and pop uh, distillery store, if you will. So, um, anyways, we're on that. So, uh, all right. So, first thing is we're going to give you as an update on uh, you know as far as the donations and whatnot, the status of the USS uh, Bashar. So, I'll let Brian go with that. So yeah, uh, today. Uh, I received a text message from uh, Ashley Kamak. Uh, she's a friend of uh, Nick's. Uh, actually, that's how Unika we got hooked up with her. But uh, she shot me an actual text message, and uh, I got that. I posted that video in the group, and I also posted it on social media. But uh, it was the CMC thanking the USO and us through the USO uh, the donation that we did. Uh, we actually totaled ten thousand dollars for these people, and. Um, I just want to make sure everybody knew that that's that's boots on the ground that's what we're doing is uh those sailors and all those pictures that i sent in the group and outside of the group is those sailors are receiving that money they're receiving those gift cards they're receiving that uh, uh toiletry kits everything else is going to them 
Um, Nick and I are gonna do set up some photo op with them and uh, kind of do that, but that's not why we did it. We just did it because it's the right thing to do. Shipmates taking care of shipmates. And uh, that's what this whole group is about. It's like we take care of each other and when we see shit that's fucked up, we, we, we intervene. So uh, I appreciate all you guys uh, talking with your wallet, pocketbook, whatever may, case may be, but um, that was a solid, solid effort you guys put through. And I mean, I go on and on about this, but I can't say enough is how much, uh, me and Nick, or Nick and I, appreciate everything that you guys have done. Yeah, for sure. Uh, that, it was solid. It's still overwhelming to think about. Uh, you know, there was ten thousand dollars raised. Um, it took us a while to get the money there because there's all kinds of rules with GoFundMe. So it took Brian like three deposits yeah. to finally get it. But it's all out. It's it's in the hands of USO and um, Ashley Kamak, who's our rep there at USO. Uh, we talked about her a couple podcasts ago. Actually, I think the first first podcast actually. Yeah. Um, she actually sent Brian a bunch of text messages today, and uh, real live, there on the pier, you know. So j just know that anyone that whether you donated five dollars or a thousand dollars, know that absolutely uh, the money went to the right people, and good things are happening there. So appreciate that, guys. Uh, quick segue here, if you will, is a, a shout out to our brothers at Test Step, uh, Ellison, Josh, and Daniel. Um, so I was listening to uh, their pod, I believe it's episode seven. We're like right behind them. Yeah. Like episode seven on their podcast, and they had uh, Captain Jason Pittman, who, uh, as me and Brian are, kind of, he's not only the Sailor and Sticks family, but he's also kind of the Test Step family also. Um, the Mount Rushmore of Submariners. Mount Rushmore <laughs> of Submariners. Captain Jason Pittman, uh, he's just transferred from Squadron 6 um, as, as one of the deputies, and now he's a senior member of the Orsport Sport, actually. So... I hear he's on a quarantine lockdown, <laughs> uh, getting ready to go and uh, bash the souls yeah. of, of nukes, which makes all of us Conas very happy <laughs> that he's now doing yeah. that. Uh, but listen to his podcast, right? Here's some things that hit me. I just kind of sitting out here and uh, listening to it, and it kind of hit me. And, um, you know, one of the questions that got brought up on the podcast was, uh, how do you know, uh, you know, how do you know what decision to make, you know, whether you're kind of, in battle, right, on mission or, you know, or, or something small, trivial, whatever. And, uh, you know, Jason said, you can never go real wrong by what's technically correct. And uh, it kind of resonated with me. I think everybody knows that, uh, except for you torpedo men. You guys like to operate in a gray zone. Um, but Procedure, what's that? Uh, what's a procedure? <laughs> it's a thing that holds my coffee cup. Um, but uh, it, it kind of resonated with me. I, I work at, a, as I told you guys before, at the IMA uh, facility here that builds torpedoes, and we're like that. It's, uh, you know, by the book, um, as much as we can by the book. Um, but you can't go wrong, uh, you can't go real wrong uh, by what's technically correct. And, and, and he said, you know, he followed on with that, was what does the book say? And he said, something to think about when you're thinking about the book is the book uh, whatever it be, right? Whatever your guidance is for whatever situation you guys are on in the Navy, and this translates to everywhere, not submarine force, not just weaponeers, not just nukes, whatever, right? Everyone in the military. What's the book say? Book has been thought about by people who are not under pressure of the situation. So think about that. Um, when you're under pressure, Jason said, it, it becomes easier to cut corners and get emotional. So Jason said that one of the things that he's always done is making sure that 
you know, when you talk about why do we do the pre-sale briefs, why do we do a pre-wash brief, why do you do that because you're not emotional and you have no reason to cut corners hour zero into the watch. Um, so kind of kind of got a little deep here for a minute or whatever, but Jason, I appreciate your words. Uh, it's pretty awesome. Um, another cool thing I heard while he said that, um, you know, was he talked about his first ride on the Honolulu as a midshipman, and it was with uh, Cecil Haney, uh, who uh, now I believe retired, but he yep. was four-star Admiral yeah, Cecil Haney, um, one of the I believe seven black commanding officers of the submarine force, uh, and and Jason did his first ride with him, uh, you know, as a as not even an ensign, right, as a midshipman, um, and we always talk about the one degree separation in, in the submarine force and the navy, and uh, you know, so I met Cecil Haney, I believe 2012. Um, I was a chief select, and uh, the command had done. Uh, I was I was working an operational test and evaluation force, and we did a change of command. We're direct, we were direct reported to CNO, so we had some high level uh, of visibility for our chain of command, uh, change of command. And um, so Cecil Haney was a presiding officer of that. All, you know, I think Brian may actually be taller than uh, Admiral yeah. Cecil Haney. He was uh, my squadron. <laughs> he was my squadron commodore back in the day when I was stationed on Pearl. So it was a long time there ago. There you go. There's another half yeah. degree of separation. I uh, I just want to add on to that. Um, Jason brought up some good stuff during that podcast, and uh, you guys should listen to it just because it reaches out to a lot of communities. Right? We got so many books on Navy SEALs writing about leadership, and one thing that Jason threw out there, and that's true, right, is submariners. We don't get to pick who we lead, right? So in the SEAL community, we got all these people that write books and they're talking about, oh yeah, we go into the charge, we do this, we do that, we did buds, it was hard. But you're dealing with type alpha guys who are all motivated, right? You don't deal with the guy who says, oh, my recruiter lied to me and told me I was gonna be a freaking torpedo man, but instead I'm cooking eggs in a galley, right? And I wanna go home. And so, how do you get that person to do their job? And that's a tough thing that we all have to deal with because you don't get the most motivated people. And if you really dig in that podcast, you're gonna find a lot of leadership gems that are gonna help you not only in the Navy, but outside the Navy as well. So just give it a listen. 100%. It's definitely worth it. My, my favorite uh, test step, uh, it's called On the Midwatch or Only on the Midwatch. Yeah. Um, that, that was by far my favorite. Now, you know, I do have, uh, I do look highly upon Captain Pittman. Um, I have had the luxury to be underway uh, with Ellison and Josh and with uh, Captain Pittman on the Helena uh, when we launched, we launched some Tomahawks a couple years ago. Um, warheads on foreheads. Uh, so uh, that was really cool, right? Um, but uh, anyways, just shout out you guys. You guys, uh, solid solid i don't even know if I, we can even have jason on our podcast yeah. now because I, don't can, I don't even know if we can do better than what yeah. you guys did with that so yeah, we again might, we might get, fuck it up <laughs> give, our, give our brothers uh at test up a follow um and also a little tidbit about jason Pittman i learned during the podcast is do not attempt to follow him on instagram if you do not know him yeah. because he will deny that shit <laughs> he's been caught up in some catfish, catfish really stuff so anyways uh so anyways yeah go get that on listen guys all right, so we'll move on here to swag update, right? So everyone loves the swag, and I love the swag, and Brian loves the swag, and to be honest with you, it's probably about 50% of the reason why this group kind of just took off is because 
we had a logo, we had something that people could be drawn to, something that identifies you as a member, right? It wasn't just some closed Facebook group. It's still a closed Facebook group. It's going to remain a closed Facebook group with uh, stringent controls on who me and Brian allow in. Getting in. <laughs> um, but, um, so kind of here's an update, right? So shirts and hoodies, so we, we put that out, right? Just so you guys know, you know, I guess part of, some of you guys might be like, man, I put my shirt order in two, three weeks ago, whatever. Just remember that when Emily originally, originally posted it, she had she had said that like it was going to be uh, mid-August when things got out, right? It's just that we had so much demand, um, more than she even anticipated, that uh, she was able to put that in early. There's a little bit of process there, I'm not going to go in detail in, but uh, Emily's got everything in hand. She's working on it, and we should be having hoodies, uh, shirts, tanks, uh, all the all the apparel stuff that you ordered from her. Uh, that sh that should be shipping next week, guys. So just kind of you know keep an eye on that. that I know it feels like it's probably been a while, but we're actually right on time, if not early, on that. Um, hats. So all, almost all the hats are shipped. Um, I sent off about 30 of them, and then I got about 10 local pickups sitting in my house. And then I did fuck up. So if you ordered a flat brim blue hat which there's only like three of you guys that did. Um, I, I forgot those at the house, so I gotta, I gotta make a special trip to ship those out. So um, that, that'll be uh, probably Friday. Um, so just know that everything's coming and by next week, everyone that uh, put in the hat order uh, should be doing that. I'm looking at um, seeing if I can just order a mass amount, because right now we've got a pretty good rate uh, with the company I use, um, but you know, the reason why it's convenient is because you know minimum order is six and I can just put something in right but um, one of the things when we get new members is like immediately they become a new member and yeah. like they're messaging me and Brian yeah. like hey how do I, I get a hat swag, yeah. I want some shit right and it kind of sucks that we can't put it in their hand fast enough right so I'm, I may be looking for ways to just maybe order like a hundred hats and just have them on standby and um, and 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 go from there um, so Brian, can you give us an update on the patches? Yeah, we so we got patches coming. Uh, I put the order in last week, so I'd estimate anywhere from two, or probably one to two weeks from now, we should be getting them in hand. Uh, I know that all the local guys, I'll just drop them off to you, and then the rest of the guys, I'll ship them off. Uh, that order came in. Uh, I got a few people that reached out to me. They definitely uh, prepaid. Pre but I ordered about 100 to 200 anyway. So I think once I get them in hand, they'll pretty much be gone anyway. So uh, that's going to be coming our way. And that's, they're the exact size. If you got the Warfighter uh, Travel Humidor there, they're the exact same size that the patch goes on on the, on the Velcro. So they're Velcro patches, and you can throw it right on there, your Warfighter Travel Humidor. Perfect. Uh, some of you guys uh, pre-ordered some, some pens uh, that we got from Squidworks. Um, I got some photos of those last night. Um, look really good, um, and um, those uh, those should be in my hand Friday, um, and then and then I'll get to the post office and, and ship those out. So, guess um, update on that, yeah. and then uh, you know, Brian went touching maybe some ideas with, with, with some. Other yeah, so we got out. some uh, we got some other ideas coming your way. I know a lot of people have been. In the slide in the DMs about uh, glasses and then mask, right? So Nick and I got those masks. Uh, we made some for ourselves, uh, just trying to try it out. Like a lot of this is going to be prototype stuff. So I'm sorry if we don't get it out to you guys immediately, 
but we want to kind of just run through these products first and make sure they're legit. Uh, the glass thing is uh, one of the guys that works with me at Squadron, his wife decided to uh, come through with the glasses. And so the glasses are dope. They're uh, your typical uh, whiskey glass, but it's got the cigar holder and it's etched with the, the Sailors and Six logo on it. But we just want to make sure it fits with the group before we start selling this stuff. So we're not going to immediately put on the street trying to make any money or trying to do anything with that. We just uh, we like these products, but uh, we want to make sure they represent our brand properly. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then we got another small side project going um, with Chris Rucker. Um, we, we've uh, asked for him to look into um, looking for Dickie style shirts, guys. So kind of like uh, bowling style. Yeah, bowling style. Yeah, yeah, some yeah. people look at bowling style. I kind of look at it more as like I, I grew up in a truck club yeah. kind of scene and, and, and those kind of style shirts, motorcycle clubs and stuff. So. Uh, you know, collar shirt, buttons, uh, that Dickies material. Uh, they look like pretty dope and, um, and whatnot. So once we get a couple of those in hand, and me and Brian uh, check them out and, and figure out some price points, um, we, we may be looking at doing a, uh, a pre-sale for that also. So, sure. Um, that, that, that's kind of our swag update. Um, again, so if you order shirts and shirts, hoodies and hats, uh, those all should be in your hand uh, by late next week at the latest, guys. All right, so our next segment here is um, cigar review. <laughs> yeah, so uh, before Nick goes on, uh, he talks about uh, cigar for beginners. Uh, we're just going to let you guys know it's like there's a lot of channels out there you can follow on YouTube, on Google, Google whatever, right? There's a lot of people that are going to give you this uppity review on cigars. They're going to tell you all this stuff. That's not our style, man. And then, like anybody knows Nick and I, that's not what we're doing here. It's like we're going to keep the vibe and we're going to keep it. We'll tell you what we like to smoke. Uh, we'll give you some stuff like, hey, we might do something at the end of the year where we talk about our top five cigars of the year. But there's plenty of people you can follow on Instagram, Facebook, and all that if you want. Some dude in a leisure suit smoking in a lounge and doing all this shit. Like Nick and I are heavily tattooed dudes, man. Like we're not, we're not going to give you... Uh, the best cognac you can get with this cigar like we're just gonna give you straight up how we do it so um, I'll let Nick talk about what he's gonna talk about as far as for cigars for beginners we'll give you those kind of points but um, we're not gonna get all fancy with it here and um, I'm not serving you Grey Poupon out the window that's what I'm talking about no not at all 100% <laughs> uh, agree uh, we don't want to go there and we get it so first off don't you know whoever uh, <clears throat> Whoever had that idea, and actually there, there was a lot of people, it wasn't just one. Um, don't think because we, we didn't take that idea and run with it that, you know, it's bad. You know, that your next idea might not be a good idea. It's just uh, this podcast is kind of goes all over the place. And neither one of us have a desire uh, to sit and dedicate 30 minutes or an hour on, on cigar reviews. Um, if you want a cigar review... Uh, just stream into the fucking closed group on Facebook and there's 15 to 30 people a day posting what they're smoking we're all sailors or prior sailors send that dude a message hey man what do you like about that cigar uh, you know furthermore if if you post a cigar give the people maybe elaborate a little bit on your post before you post it hey man I like this cigar because of this or you know the, the tasty notes of that like you guys are all free we, every, everybody in this group can give a cigar review every day uh, on what they're smoking right and we uh, post plenty of videos on there about who's reviewing what so 
There's plenty of information in the group. To be honest with you, we'd rather leave that part to the experts. Me and Brian, uh, we didn't create this group to become the cigar experts. We created it for camaraderie. So that's the, that's what we're going to keep. Uh, but that being said, uh, we do realize that there's, um, uh, you know, some people in the group that maybe are new to smoking cigars or, you know, maybe they're just attracted to it, the idea of becoming a cigar smoker, but they don't know where to start, right? So first off, before I even get going here, um, just know that if you're one of those people and you don't want to get called out or whatever, right? I mean, first off, you shouldn't ha have any feelings anyways, right. but maybe took those away a long time yeah. ago. <laughs> but if you if you do, like, you guys can message me or Brian at any time on a side and just be like, hey, man, I, I'm, I'm trying to figure out the humidor situation yeah. or, you know, hey, you know, this has happened to me when I smoke cigars. Why is it? Um, you know, and me and Brian, as much as we can, we will definitely help you on the side and point you in the right direction um, for that. But, uh, you know, I came I came across some things I thought I would share with the group a little bit here for uh, some cigar smokers, right? Um, you know, and, and, and it's titled, uh, What is it about smoking cigars that make it such a unique lifestyle? And, you know, so one thing is the aroma and the flavor, right? Each cigar treats your palate to an intriguing range of tastes, experience an entirely new way, you know, probably any time have 50 to 100 cigars in my humidor and you know and, and I keep variety I very rarely buy an entire box of one cigar um, I like the variety stuff and each one's different and they also change different based on maybe what food you had that day um, they taste different on um, <clears throat> you know the drink that you have paired with it uh, there's a lot of things that go into it uh, there's a relaxation which you know by and large, I think a lot of people have said is the number one reason why they smoke cigars. And um, in the 45 minutes to two hours it takes to smoke a cigar, you can unplug and kick back. Those minutes are shared between you and, and your cigar and are time uh, to contemplate anything or also nothing. So just kind of think about that. Like, you know, smoking a cigar, man, you're, you're invested five to $25 for this thing. Don't waste it doing the same shit you would be doing if you didn't have a cigar in your hand. Um, you know, unfortunately for me and Brian, we're also trying to run this company <laughs> on the side <laughs> while we're smoking cigars. Yeah. Uh, so maybe don't take notes from us per se, right? Because um, we're very busy, busy men. But um, you know, th there are times we just got to unplug, right? I've, I've said before, for me, it's uh, bring the Denver box out, save fifteen percent with our sailors and sticks uh, code. Oh yeah, uh, and uh, and I and I play some Grateful Dead. That's generally my, my uh, soundtrack when I'm smoking. Uh, sometimes I'll switch it up, but usually my go-to is Grateful Dead, and it helps me relax. Um, there's a celebration thing, right, with cigars. So a graduation, a wedding, a birth, commissioning, a commissioning. Um, it's a way uh, to mark that you can say this life is worth celebrating for, which is very important to people. Uh, life's hard, guys, and you should celebrate the moments that life provides you a reason to celebrate. Um, you know, so we had uh, three sailors, well really four, but one guy transferred. But we had four sailors at my command that had advanced and I took, a, and I don't even know, I feel like we're ripping the guy off. I wish I could remember who posted it originally. Yeah, it was a dope idea though, I like it. Where you, you grab the cigars and uh, you put the rank tab, you slide it over as a band, right? So I started doing that, this, this go around. So I, I gave three of them out. Uh, at my command um, on, uh, I guess that was Friday, and then uh, and then um, 
we uh, had a friend of mine that got commissioned, uh, Sean Smith. He's also a member of this group, a fellow uh, Ordnance LDO gunslinger. Hell yeah. Uh, the People's Ensign. Yeah. And uh, we're, uh, I gave him one also, right? So I gave him one of my sticks and, uh, and slid an Ensign bar on there. Um, so he can butter it up, you know, when he has his meal. Butter bar. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, the, the, the other part is camaraderie. Uh, you take out a cigar and chances are you will find fellow lovers of the leaf. And that is, without a doubt, so true. I get amazed at how many people, because it's like, it's almost like it's taboo still. And uh, people don't really want to talk about their smokers for whatever reason, right? Maybe they don't want to see their, their kids seeing them smoke, or maybe their wife doesn't think they smoke, and they try to do it on the side, which... Guys, your wife probably knows you're smoking. Praise some, you some cologne before I go yeah, home. Yeah, <laughs> she probably knows. But, yeah. um, you know, whatever. But the, the camaraderie for me is awesome. <clears throat> Whether it's simply to hang out or to share the finer points of enjoying a premium hand-rolled cigar. Cigar smokers are friendly, uh, social um, bunch. So, uh, you know, just if, if you ever have opportunity, which I relish the opportunity to... Um, have a cigar with somebody else do it take advantage of that time uh, you have somebody you haven't seen in a long time sit down outside put on some music uh, and, and, and you know and have a smoke uh, there's a ritual it's not as simple as popping a marble red out of your out of your you know out of your jean pockets and, and lining it up and going right and then you're done in like two or three minutes there's a whole setup you got to have the cutting you gotta, you gotta light it right, you gotta puff it right, you gotta smoke it right. Um, there's a lot of things that go into that, right? So take advantage of that, think about that when you're doing that. Um, something I've really gotten into, so I'm a V-cutter um, by trade, um, but I saw somebody a couple weeks ago that did the double V-cut, so they yeah. horizontal and Rick. Yeah. vertical. Okay, so it was Rick Charles. Course it was RCB. RCB, Rick Charles, bitch. And, uh, <laughs> so I started doing that, and yeah. I think I've smoked my last like five cigars with this double yeah. V cut, and, it, and it's it just truly changes the flavor and, and whatnot. So yeah, just to jump on the camaraderie thing that you had, Nick. Uh, I'm at my last smoke that was on the, the boat. I was with uh, Captain Pittman, and uh, he bought me a box of uh, Opus X uh, Lost City, and that's. That's a premium cigar right there, and I never touched the box until uh, we went out underway together. Like, he bought it for me for my commissioning almost two years ago, and uh, we smoked that thing, and that was one of my most memorable smokes, and not because of what it was, because who it was with, and it was his last ride as uh, somebody who I worked with, and we just shared the moment, and we just had a conversation up there. Something I won't forget, and you know, that's just an experience that you'll you won't get back. So just make sure you enjoy it, enjoy the moment that you're actually in. Absolutely. Uh, you know, and the last part here is the art. Uh, creating a cigar is an art form. Uh, each puff can reveal the careful uh, thought each blender put into sucking tobacco leaves for the filler. So <clears throat> real quick on that, guys, it's not like some dude grows a bunch of leaves in some farm and then just like they age them or whatever and then they just roll them all up there's there's a lot more that goes to making a cigar than that um and the aging process uh you know a cigar can be aged while it's in its leaf form it can be aged once it's already blended uh, dried out and blended and and rolled it, it may sit for longer i actually just had a, a 15 year aged uh gurkha yesterday that was a damn good 
damn good smoke. It was really good smoke. Um, and, and the person I was sharing it with uh, had some really good conversation with them, and it was very helpful uh, to relax and, and just enjoy that good cigar uh, with that person. Um, so just know that anywhere in the world you go, any situation you can go, I promise you're going to find a cigar smoker there and take advantage of that. So that's about as much as we're going to get on the cigar reviews. Uh, you know, that's our little twist on it, if you will. But just know, for you beginners out there, hit me or Brian up. Uh, hit one of the, you know, we got cigar guys in there. You got Scallywags, you got Bryant. Uh, hit them up. They're, they're going to they're gonna, they're gonna send you the right way or whatever. So do that. So I'm going to kick this next, uh, this next uh, topic over to Brian because he knows a lot more about it than I do. Um, and, and, and that's with the pipe game. Yeah, so uh, the, a lot of people reach out to me. Uh, I can't take credit for this. I got it from actually uh, Mike over at Primo again. Uh, hooked me up with the... I saw him, uh, we were hanging out one day and we were smoking. And then like, he just blew my mind. He like took the rest of the cigar, threw it in his pipe and started smoking it. And then like, I have a pipe, but like my mind got blown. I was like, when the fuck did you start doing that? And he was like, yeah, man, this is a thing. So. Uh, I have my own pipe. It's actually a uh, Peterson pipe. You can look them up. Uh, I actually bought it when I was uh, traveling around in England uh, when I was on deployment. Uh, but they're a solid pipe brand. You can actually sit it on a table or whatever. It's a flat, flat bottom pipe. Um, you can do there. You can do the smoked cigar. You can do actually pipe tobacco and smoke out of it. But sometimes I do my old man game and smoke out of there. Uh, but what I'm trying to get into is I'm reaching out to a bunch of companies Actually one of our future giveaways Nick and I were looking at was giving away a pipe uh, so Stay on stay on the lookout for that so we can actually reach out to you guys and see what you enjoy if you do that um, Just make sure you're, uh, you give the people a shout out But as you guys know I'm hustling for codes whatever I can do for the group is what we're trying to do but uh, taking that last bit of cigar if you enjoy it and throw it into a pipe, it, it changes the game because you can finish it and uh, keep going with it if you want to. Oh yeah, looking forward to that um, for sure. And it's, you know, for me, the first time I'd, I'd seen somebody stick a cigar in a pipe was actually Steve Sedari. You know, we had him on the infamous uh, episode four podcast. Oh yeah, uh, check it he out. He just killed it. Yep. Uh, if you have not listened to episode four, you're, you're delinquent. Um, Think, bitch. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, for sure, um, I'm looking forward to that endeavor and, and, and checking that out. So, uh, some future things we got going here, guys. Um, so we, we may have touched on this before, but me and Brian are really, uh, really invested in uh, the cigars for deployers. <clears throat> That's going to start out as probably a Squadron Six thing, only because it's our area of influence. Yeah. Um, but, but we may be able to expand that. And kind of the, the theory behind that is, anytime you have a get together. Or, you know, we have uh, our relationships with some of our uh, distributors, but they donate cigars and we throw them in a box, right? So I need, I need to have, my, the, the vision is to have like this giant humidor, if you will, and then you come out of my house to smoke and maybe you donate a couple cigars to the box for deployers, right? And then the day a submarine gets underway, uh, you know, me and Brian would like to, <clears throat> I guess it would be me, because uh, I'll be the squeps, uh, donate this box to, to for the wardroom and chiefs um, to, to have a smoke and it be on behalf of the sailors and sticks uh, group um, and then furthermore on that the more advanced part of that is um, you know in the interim we would like to have uh, a, a label 
Yeah, a band. Uh, a band made with the Sailors and Sticks logo and slide that on each of the ones that donate. And there might be a variety, right? But the true vision and goal is uh, is to actually have our own brand of cigar. We actually are, have already talked to uh, a couple people that may be able to help me and Brian in that endeavor. Um, so much as we would be able to, to to taste our blends that would be available to you to us, if you will, um, and and to no ship brand it. It could be a, a cigar by RCB Cigar Company, and but it has a, a Sailors and Sticks label on it, right, and and stuff. So and that that would be awesome um, to do that. Um, so we're really looking forward to doing that. So, so your yeah. a Norfolk yeah. submarine. Yeah. Uh, stay tuned for that. That's definitely coming your way. Uh, I'm sure the guys are like, what about the junior guys? And, you know, whatever. Yeah. If you hear about it, you go, go, go knock on your web door and ask him to, to hook you up yeah. with this thing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but me and Ryan, we just don't have the ability to donate 200 cigars to every crew. So unofficially, it's kind of started off as, uh, uh, as a squadron weapons officer, I'd always give boats that deployed, I'd give them a humidor, or not a humidor, or a box of cigars. So whether it be 20, 30 cigars, I would give it to them before they left. And this was just out of my own pocket. Like, I just felt like that's a big deal. These guys are deploying. Uh, this crew's doing good things. So here's your cigars from the weapons officer. Uh, Nick took it a step further and was like, hey, why don't we just do this for the group? And I was mind blown. It was a, it was a great idea and I, something I had never considered. Uh, we were trying to get off the ground and all that. But I mean, I think it's a good idea. And I think it carries over, it gets our message out there too, but it also lets uh, the boats know that we're supporting them and what they're trying to do. So it's a, a twofold thing. I think it's uh, it can generate some waves, but uh, we're also gonna need the back end of you guys. It's like, hey, if you guys wanna donate, that's cool. If not, we can figure it out ourselves, but it's a lot much more firepower if you guys back us up on that too. 100%. Yep. You know, and a side thing, you know, so uh, one of my very best best friends in this world is uh, Mike Gandara. He's the AWEPS out on Kentucky. Um, and uh, he hit me up. So he's a LDO prior TMC. Uh, go, he was going to serve as AWEPS and he's getting ready to go on his first patrol. And he's hit me up. He's like, hey, Nick, man. He was like, uh, I want to get a cigar to smoke in the bridge when I get my fish. Um, but I don't know shit about cigars, right? You know, whatever. So I was like, cool, man. Like, what's my timeline? You know, he gave me this stupid timeline. It was like less than three days, and he's in Washington, and I'm in Norfolk, and I'm like, fuck, typical Mike Gandara fashion. So I ran over to the cigar shop, and, you know, I bought him a, a small travel humidor. I put, like, two or three of my, of, not of my favorite, not necessarily, like, my favorite cigars, but ones that I know that would be um, something for the easy first-time first smoker, if you will. Um, or whatever, and you know, that's cool. And that was even before Saturday the Six was even a thing. This was like fucking two years ago. Um, so we would like to branch that out. You know, maybe me and Brian putting a box of cigars in the wardroom that helps that that young JG that that qualifies officer of the deck, and uh, he's got a stick available to him to smoke and light up uh, there. And it's all about the experience, and we want to make sure that we provide that experience to to all those officers out there. Um, so kind of that update on that so all right so brian is going to hit it up with uh our next uh, segment here uh yeah so based on what we got going on here is uh uh so ben greaves uh reached out to me for a few questions and uh he wanted to know uh some things about us and solid questions too right uh 
one was the first part. So I don't know, Nick, you want me to just give them all three to you or do one by one, but... Uh, you can do one by one. Yeah, I'll do one by one. It's like, who was the best leader you had and why? What's right. it? Yeah. All right, so I'll go with that, right? So uh, there's going to be three questions here. We'll go with that. Who is the best leader and why? Uh, so that's hard to think about. Man, I've been in Navy 16 years. I've came across a bunch, and if I were to pick any of them, I almost feel like I'm insulting to the other ones. Um, there's been some few, uh, you know, shout out to you know, Daryl Taylor, uh, Squadron Senior Chief, uh, Squadron 16 on Kings Bay. He was my first LPO. That guy kind of showed me the ropes of the Navy and being a sonarman. Um, big influence on my, on my career at, at a very early age. Um, he was giving me first class mentorship when I was a seaman. Um, shout out also to uh, Brandon Edmiston, uh, FTCM. He was my. Uh, first FTC when I when I crossed over to the FT field Hell yeah. and uh, <laughs> and uh, you know that guy had a lot of patience with me with an E5 that was trying to learn a new job and uh, you know to this day I, I just really cherish my friendship with Brandon uh, but for me the number one guy is Jeff Sheets uh, retired 38 year uh, LDO surface deck captain. Uh, he was my uh, CEO of troops, which is basically when you're at a flagstaff, you always have this uh, other layer of, of a guy that's kind of in command that prevents uh, Johnny. When Johnny gets a DUI, he doesn't go to two-star admiral's mast. He goes yeah. to captain's mast, right? And kind of, kind of in that role, uh, run the day-to-day -day stuff so the admiral can look at the big, big stuff. Um, he uh, really did recruit me into the LDO program, and he was patient with it. Uh, it started out with, uh, you know, on my CDO turnover days, we'd sit in his office, and he would nonchalantly ask me about putting in packages and, and stuff like that. And, um, you know, I kind of like, whatever, I was high on being a chief, and I was going to be a cob one day, and, uh, you know, whatever. Uh, finally, he started to wear on me a little bit, and I started to kind of see the opportunities that were available for the LDO community. And uh, one thing I took away from him was it's all about the people. And anybody that knows me knows that that's kind of like my MO. Um, every move I make, I mean, you, you still gotta think about the ultimate mission of whatever command you're at, and whatever that mission is for that day. But for me, I do it for the people. Like if it wasn't for the people in the Navy, I would have rolled a long time ago. Um, it, it's, you know, I've done some cool shit in the Navy, most, most of which I can never talk about. Um, but um, the people is always the thing that kind of sticks with me. And, uh, and he showed me that you can be this crusty ass 35 year 06 and uh, you can still give a, give a shit about people. And uh, I always kind of had that in me anyways, but he like, he showed me that like, I'd have to leave that in my sea bag when I got commissioned, but it actually was gonna be a tool if I used it correctly. Um, he uh, uh, told, told me to take care of the small stuff. And I know that seems cliche, guys, but man, when, when you start overlooking the small stuff, you overlook five small things and now you got your big thing. Um, so just to kind of think about that um, and, and whatnot. Um, personal and approachable. And that's 100% what Jeff Sheets is. I hope there's at least one person listening to this podcast that's had the opportunity to, to, to meet Jeff Sheets. Uh, 
he taught me that 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 you're going to have more of an influence as a leader if you can be if people are not afraid to come up to you. Um, and then you can be human as an officer. Um, you know, you get the jokes about you lose your spine when you make chief and blah blah and all this crap, right? But um, you you don't have to be a robot. The Navy doesn't want you to be a robot, um, so don't definitely don't do that um, for sure. No, I agree with you 100. I think uh, I think a lot of the things that kind of set you apart is uh, how you respond to all that all that mentorship and everything else. And I think for me, you hit a nail on the head. He's like, when I talk about these people that I'm going to talk about to answer this question, I don't want to feel like anybody I'm discrediting what they've done to, for me, but. Uh, there's probably about four or five people that have been instrumental in my career and that I pay respects to. Uh, so the first one is Dave Lick. Uh, he's my LPO when I was on Bremerton. Um, he was literally who I wanted to be like. Uh, short dude like myself, just uh, hard-nosed, uh, didn't take shit from anybody. Didn't take shit from Chiefs, didn't take shit from the wardroom, nothing. Like, the guy owned the shit and uh, that's what somebody always looked up to, even to this day. So I still stay in touch with him. Um, the next one, Eric Frank. Uh, Eric Frank was a big mentor of me, still is. Uh, during my Chiefs tour, a lot of stuff when I was a young guy coming up in the game, Eric was a solid guy. Um, between him and my buddy Gary Stevenson, I've always been just in my corner. And then um, Nick, uh, you and Josh, Josh Hahn, uh, you guys have been mentors to me in the officer game and just helping me out and kind of just finding my way through life and like transitioning from the chief to the officer role. Like, I don't think I could have be where I'm at if it wasn't for guys like you. So I'm not trying to gas you up, but it's just like, just something that uh, your time with me, even if it was short before I got commissioned, uh, meant a lot to me and kind of taught me that I could still be myself and do what I do. And then uh, the last person is uh, Jason Pittman, right? I served with that dude for multiple years, and um, just seeing how he can be uh, 06 and just be himself and just uh, navigate through the rest of the world and just be who he is. Like when I first met him, like I'm walking by a stateroom and he's listening to Kendrick Lamar, <laughs> and I'm like, oh shit, what the fuck is that? And like you just, it's just one of those things where you just find people that are real. And they don't compromise for anybody and they still do their job and they still move forward and they impress people in the Navy but there are themselves so I don't think without those people in my life I would be where I'm at right now so I appreciate everything that I've mentioned all those people that have done for me all right. well, second question second question is um, had your paths not crossed is there a chance you wouldn't have realized your own success that one's tough, man, because I, I have a hundred, I've had all kinds of people, I won't say a hundred, but you know, I've had a lot of people say, oh man, look up to you, or oh man, yeah, you yeah. know, you're successful, or hey, whatever, keep doing what you're doing, and like, I, I, I look at myself as failing more than succeeding, um, and, and people, you know, people like crazy, right, like, what are you talking about, you're eight-year chief, and you know, you did this cross rate thing, and blah, 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 and all this crap, right, um, but at the end of the day, like it's there are those guys that you just can't save. Uh, you know, as much as energy you put into them. Um, but for me, I'm just like, 
man, if I would have tried a little bit harder, if I would have stayed a little bit later, if I would have, you know, whatever. And, and so I, I kind of, I kind of bear a lot of that on there, um, on it. Um, so I don't know, I went kind of hard. That's a difficult question. Maybe, maybe as I get more senior, I'll, I'll look at that question differently. But you know, I'm still, I'm still grinding like everybody else and uh, trying to do the best I can. Yeah. Uh, you know, I just hope that I have some sort of positive impact on the people I touch. Yeah, I don't know if I don't know if I would have been where I was if I wouldn't have met all you guys at the like in the transition times that I did. Uh, I think that's a tough question, and I agree with you. Uh, it is a difficult a difficult question to answer because you don't know where you would be at your time. Uh, but I think that everything works out for a reason, and me meeting those people in the transition times that I did kind of worked out for a reason, and I think that's why I am where I am. Absolutely, timing. Is yep everything so then uh the last question is what sets your leadership style apart and it's a kind of multiple question what sets your leadership style apart and how of all have you had to adapt along the way all right so uh, brian already knows what i'm gonna say i, I said it to him when he was uh senior chief brown applying for the program uh it's it's part of my personality it's the part of me that's never changed and uh that's charisma it is the most underrated leadership quality definitely in the Navy and you can't teach it some of us are blessed to be you know have the ability um, and uh, it, 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 it bails you out of circumstances it attracts followers it inspires leaders that makes you real it makes you approachable um, and, and it can't be understated. And you know, if you have a guy that's quiet, sits in the corner, and uh, you know, kind of half-assing it or whatever, and you have a guy like me, and let's say I'm half, which I don't even know how to do that, but let's say I'm half-assing something, um, you know, but you add that personality uh, twist to it of having that charisma, that you know, you can you can talk yourself out of any situation, as I like to say, um, you know, and and, and having the knowledge and background to uh, you know talk your way out of that the right way is, is very is very important um, but I'm telling you like charisma is my thing uh, and it says that you have to adapt your leadership style so in short no uh, but that being said when you do cross over to be an officer uh, it does change a little bit um, you know Jason Pittman had made a comment uh, on that last podcast about that being a leader is actually just uh, it's theater uh, it's like yeah, a that movie, was a good right? quote I love that man you're being watched all the time right and um, so you got to be a little more careful uh, as an officer um, but um, you know one what I won't change is being myself and if I if I have a seat at the table I'm gonna speak my mind I'm not going to you know, you know, sit in the corner and color. Hell yeah. Um, you know, a, a funny story about that. So my first commission job uh, was at Sublant, and I was the uh, force ATO. So I'm running TICOM uh, force protection shit, and uh, you know, 35 submarines and you know, five squadrons and a group uh, calling you all hours of the night. You know, needing support and asking questions and waivers and 
guidance and blah 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 and all this stuff, right? And you know, and filling the filling the build of an 04, uh, which which was a little little daunting, right? And I didn't think of a big deal when I was at Sublant, right? When I was at Sublant, not a big deal. But then I would go to these these joint meetings with Fleet Forces, uh, the other TICOMs, and they would be all like 04s, 05s, 06s, and it'd be like Ensign Church rolling up to the table, and they'd be like, "Are you here to get my coffee?" Like type thing and I'm like no man I, I'm a three stars representative and this is what, this is what I'm going to do it's my job and um, one of the the many tasks I had at Sublant was uh, I ran I ran the HBU high value unit escorts for every submarine on the east coast and uh, whether SSN SSBN I was part of the TPS stuff uh, down in Kings Bay and then I was part of uh, all about riverine and uh, coast guard escorts and uh, Josh Hine, if you listen to this, me and you, brother, have had a lot of 2 a.m. conversations on how we're going to fucking get a submarine uh, in the port. And, um, you know, I worked closely with land area, U.S. Coast Guard, uh, for a lot of these HBU escorts. And, uh, you know, and I, I kind of, I just took over the meeting, took over, the, you know, I had these monthly meetings and took them over. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm working with 04s, 05s, like I said, stuff like that. This one day, uh, this uh, Lieutenant JG Coast Guard guy, right? So he's a prior E5, and uh, I don't know shit about the Coast Guard, but he got commissioned, and um, so his sailboat went farther than the next guy's, I guess. Yeah. And they let him get commissioned, and uh, he, he pulled he pulled me aside one day, and uh, he had, and he was like, "Hey man, uh, how the hell do you do that?" And I was like, "Do what?" And he was like, "I, I don't understand how you just like take over a room as an ensign." with all these senior guys here, he was like, I've been told to sit in the corner in color, and I just sit and watch. And I was like, well, that's your problem. I said, I've been told to sit in the corner in color also, but I don't sit in the corner in color. And uh, he was like, man, he said, it's just inspiring to see a very junior officer like yourself, just kind of, you know, be confident in what you're doing and stuff and and, and whatnot. So, you know, it's, it's what it is. The Navy didn't pay me to sit in the corner. The Navy wanted me to sit in the corner in color for four years before I put on a lieutenant. Uh, they picked the wrong fucking guy to be a lieutenant uh, or, or to be an LDO because I'm not going to fucking do that. I'm going to go hard in the paint every fucking day that I have the opportunity to go. And uh, in, until uh, until they kick me out, I'm going to be the last guy in the room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, I'm going to reach back to the first question because uh, I did lose some people out and I want to reach back out to because they've met that. Uh, I, I had some struggles early in my chief tour and... Uh, uh, Joe Ingro, I know you're gonna love to hear your name. Oh, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> Joe Ingro and uh, Josh Williams, who are also members of the group, uh, those guys were instrumental in my career as a young chief, being 25 years old, throwing khakis on, uh, kind of just steering my career in the right path and and helping me where I need to go, uh, tell me where I was fucking up and just helping me out. So, uh, Joe, you know I love you. But I know I know you're getting a hard on right now because I'm talking about you. So uh, I appreciate you nonetheless, but uh, definitely for sure. And then uh, the second, the, the part of the third question we're talking about is just leadership style. Is uh, I think Nick, guys like Nick and I have an advantage that most people don't. Right? Is that um, being that we both been previously enlisted and kind of dealing with the stuff on the grind. I don't think. It's, I think it's easier for us to adapt who we're talking to than most people, right? It's like, we've we've done all the jobs, we've cranked, we've done all the shit that a lot of people have done. 
Um, I'm not saying that makes us better officers because I'm not I'm not that dude that says give me some shit with a horse on it I'm not trying to destroy anybody's path because there's great naval officers I served with that's never been enlisted what I'm saying is I think I'm easier to relate to a dude that's sitting in the galley scrubbing pots and pans because I've done it before um, it's just that that vibe that we have that we're able to kind of disarm a lot of people and saying hey man I've done that shit that you have I think that's kind of a skill set that we have that a lot of people don't. Um, I think that kind of helps us improve as far as who we're talking to. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Um, and, and guys, you know, just in our our submarine ordnance community, there's been a lot of guys that have touched that have, that have reached out to me and um, helped guide me along the way. And it's never this formal sit down and we're going to have this mentor session, right? It's just it's, it's done kind of ad hoc shoot from the hip when needed or when desired or whatever there's a lot of guys that i can call on in my community whether it's josh hahn juan harrimauer brian purvis uh you know uh captain stronic uh, joe uh, omen um there's a lot of guys out there that i know that if i get jammed up jack smock um that i know that i can call them up and they're they're gonna gonna give me that sound advice that, that they've learned from so uh, all you guys out there that are uh, senior enlisted and officers or in leadership roles uh, swallow your pride every once in a while and uh, hit the home and hotline up and ask somebody for help there's some of the solid warrants out there too as uh, Steve Hurt uh, Josh Razor a lot of those guys have impacted my career a lot too so um, I'm not taking credit from any way those guys too so for those of you who are uh, in the community that where there's not many of us and uh, we're unicorns in the game, those are definitely guys you want to reach out to. Uh, Steve Hurt and Josh Razor, those guys you want to pick their brain and find out uh, what you want to do in the community because, like I said, we're unicorns in this and there ain't too many warrants out there. So uh, definitely swallow your pride and talk to them. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that was a good segment. Uh, who, who shot that question out? Uh, that was Ben Grieve. That was a good one. Ben I like Grieve. that. Yep. So guys, hit us up. We, we uh, I looked on the the Facebook post. I'm gonna look one more time, real quick, um, to make sure that nobody else asked a question. Um, I don't think anybody. Yeah, I didn't did. see anybody. So we don't know. We don't see anybody right now. So um, we're gonna go ahead and uh, end this segment. But those are the kind of questions that we're looking for, and it, it don't have to always be Navy leadership, whatever, right? But come on, guys. Like this is a unconventional mentorship path that we have in this Sailors and Six group. You got E5s, you got JGs, you got O6s. Uh, guys, there we, we all came bonded by the Brothers of the Leaf and, and take advantage of reaching out to those people that can provide you uh, sage advice. So again, Ben, uh, awesome first first question for the podcast. Yeah. Alright, all right, so we're about to end the podcast now and uh, we've got our famous uh, or infamous uh, rapid fire session and uh because we just loved our podcast uh episode four with steve sideri we him got him on speakerphone and uh, he's enjoying us on our rapid fire uh so we'll go ahead and get going so all right so i'll start first yep brian favorite city in the united states and why uh so my favorite city in the united states is chicago uh it's a two-fold thing i don't mean to get dramatic about it about it but uh a girl I used to date uh, was from Chicago. She died of cancer. 
And so I'm not trying to get dramatic about it, but that was like one of the best times of my life. Uh, I actually went back there for the World Series with the Indians. Uh, she wasn't alive to see it, so I went back there for her, caught both games of the World Series, first two games, uh, paid tickets for game one and game two, got free food, free beer, everything else that you could pay for those tickets. Uh, but Chicago is one of my favorite cities that I've ever been to, and it'll always be I have a special place in my heart. So cool. uh, that's it. That's Steve, it. what's your favorite city? Um, I know Brian thinks that because I'm such a homer, I'm going to say Boston. Boston! But uh, Homer. <laughs> I think, uh, oh, man, that's a good question. I had a person. This is really random. I, I had a really good time in Madison, Wisconsin, believe it or not. Okay. Uh, random. It was just a small little quaint town. My buddy went to college there, and uh, it just seemed like uh, it, it was like it wasn't like New York or Boston. It was like dirty and filthy. You know, it was just like it was like it was weird. I mean, it's, I mean, it's close enough to Canada, so that's probably why it was so clean. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. But I, I had a pretty good time there, man. I didn't see the whole city, but that just kind of sticks out in my memory. Okay. Awesome. What about you, Nick? Shit, I don't think I'll have to answer my own question. Uh, man. That's tough. So, so I've got, like, kind of a double, if you will, and it's the, the two extremes. So one is, uh, dude, Boston is a fucking awesome city. If y'all have not had the it opportunity is? to go to Boston. Yeah. Um, I am a uh, so I'm a diehard Dodgers fan, but the Boston Red Sox are my secondary team that I root for. Um, I caught into it. I was in uh, sub school in '04 when they won yeah. their first of uh, like hundred years, whatever championship. And uh, I've been there many times since. Uh, I actually went to Fenway Park last year yeah. and watched uh, watched the Red Sox play uh, the Cheaters, uh, the Houston Astros, <laughs> um, and it was like Disneyland for fucking baseball fan. Um, and then the second one is uh, San Diego, man. Like, the weather's perfect every day. That's Hold on, insane. we gotta fly by north fly and south. By. <laughs> All right, we're straight. All right, done. Uh, you, you know, the, the food, because the, the, I'm big on Mexican food, the food's so authentic there. The people are friendly, all that. So for me, it's a Boston 1A. San Diego 1B. I gotta, I gotta agree with Nick on that uh, 1A one. Uh, so me and my buddy Chris Dimmer is also a member of Sailors and Sticks. Uh, we went to Boston during St. Patrick's Day, caught Dropkick Murphys and House of Blues. So that was an epic, epic time. And uh, I disagree with that. Boston's pretty solid on that list. Sweet. Yeah, I, I actually, I need to change mine. Uh -oh. um, you guys might know this place. It's a, it's an amazing town. Uh, town. <laughs> It's called Gales Ferry, Connecticut. It's yeah. right outside yeah. the submarine capital of the world, yeah. Groton, yeah. which is probably number two in all-time greatest cities really? you possibly have. Gales Ferry? I'm joking. Oh, okay. I was like, I was like, what? I, was like I hate Connecticut. I mean, I mean. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, what? I mean, no, the, right. ca the casinos are cool. <laughs> I was like, what? Okay. Cool. All right, Brian, you Sleeper. go. Okay, uh, so my question is to both of you. If you could read anyone's email without getting caught, who would it be? Anybody in the world? Shit. Gazelle Maxwell. <sighs> okay. Oh, man, dude, you, you, 
was gonna say uh, Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty solid. Now, now, now we're both gonna die, Steve. Yeah, I would say. Oh shit! I was on the I was on I was on the Hillary Clinton tip, but I might get killed as well. Oh, I think we're all gonna I think we're all gonna die. <laughs> but hers are already deleted. You can't. Yeah, read them. she deleted them. <laughs> Before she destroyed all the hard drives. Yeah. I think we're all going to die. So this might be the last episode of the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. Yeah. (laughs) All right, Steve, you're up. All right. um, Brian, if you could describe the branches of the military with one word, (laughs) one adjective, what would it be? Uh, Well... I can't do them all, but I, I think with the Navy, I'm going to agree that the first word is going to be fat, because that's what we all are, just a bunch of fat fucks roll, rolling around, and I remember my, I remember going to base, and like, when I still talk with a lot of my family members, they're like, is everybody in the Navy this fat? And it was like, well, I, I don't know how to answer that question, so I'm like, yeah, I guess so, so I mean... I've been there once, but I, I kind of lost some weight, so I think I'm I think I'm uh, trying to portray a better form of what we're trying to do. But yeah, the Navy's definitely fat. I can't answer the rest of them though. It's like he's a Navy SEAL. He's more of a Navy walker. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah. What, what about you, Nick? What, do you, yeah. what about you, Nick? What do you think? What do you think? Air Force. What's the? If you could just, what is the first word that pops into your mind? Golf courses. Yeah. Golf courses. Yeah, pretty, pretty, uh, pretty lazy golf courses. Chair force, you know. Soft. 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 Yeah, that checks. All right. What about army? Hmm. Dumb. <laughs> Are you talking about the marines? No, yeah. I mean, I mean, what? They're both dumb. <laughs> I was challenged. It, yeah. yeah I mean, I mean, I don't know. I mean, listen, Marines and Army are kind of on the same level with me. I mean, I love the dudes, but uh, definitely not killing on the Mensa uh, Mensa scale if you're, we're talking. <laughs> uh, that checks. Yeah. Are we, are we counting? Are we counting Coast Guard? For McMurray, uh, I don't know if we're gonna count the chair for or the fucking Coast Guard. Puddle Pirates, is that a thing? I don't know. So, <laughs> so we're bringing the Coast Guard. They're actually number six behind the Space Force at number yeah. five. <laughs> so if we talk is about that, the Space is Force. That true? Is that real? I think so. I wow, think. That I is, think. That's a huge slap in the yeah. face. <laughs> Have you seen the show on Netflix? Yeah, fucking, yeah, the show on Netflix. They got a, they got a TV it's show. It's money. They were yeah. like, have you seen that, Steve? Yeah, yeah, they're all sitting around a table, and the Coast Guard guy was like, finally, we're not last. He's like, yeah, you are. (laughs) You're behind the Salvation Army. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. That's a good one. All right. Steve, question for you. Is it wrong for a vegetarian to eat animal crackers? (laughs) I guess it's... Is that vegan? Uh, I don't know if that's vegan. It's gluten-free, made out of plants. But it says animal crackers on the box. Mm. Well, you know, I think if it agrees with them, sure. <laughs> because right. most, most vegetarians have been vegetarian for a long time, try to eat meat, and then they're like, keeled over and 
pain. Like their body, like their body can't physically handle it anymore. You know what I mean? So maybe like vegetarians can supplement filet mignon for just like five animal crackers on their dinner plate. <laughs> and they can feel like they're part of the team. I don't know. I, don't, I haven't been to the zoo in a while, but the last time I checked, I don't think there's any cows, animal crackers. It's usually like <laughs> lions and zebras and shit. Right. <laughs> Which is meat I don't need either, so. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> All right, Brian. All right. Uh, question for the both of you. If you guys were going to put out a movie of your life, who would play you? That's well, hard. That's hard. Yeah, yeah, you go, are you going first, Nick, or you want me to go? Uh, you can go ahead and go. Um, well, I think it would have to be somebody who experienced the <laughs> same amount of life, similar life experiences okay. that I went through, which, uh, of course, would be Whoopi Goldberg. Whoopi <laughs> Goldberg. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. The oh. Last Samurai featured t Tom Cruise, like, kind of. The, like, oh, man. The fucking, the United States sailor, Steve Sedari, featuring Whoopi Goldberg. Yeah, something like that, you know? Mm -hmm. Um. Solid. Oh, man. The White Lieutenant featuring oh. Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like God. it. Oh, man. So, I, I really don't have a good one. I mean, I can think of some that I would be like, yeah, yeah. that made me look good, like Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. Kind of has that cool vibe. Yeah, man. Uh, Brad Pitt. Dude, 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 no, McConaughey, that, you hit the nail on the head. Yeah, McConaughey would be dope. I think McConaughey could okay. play me. Yeah. Um, for sure. But, but in the sequel to The White Lieutenant, <laughs> I would be played by Rosie O'Donnell. Rosie O'Donnell. <laughs> Brian, so Brian, I had the same, that's funny that you said that, I had the same question I had, I was like, if a movie was made of your life, genre, who would play you? So now so you gotta answer that. So, I think, I would pick the midget off Bad Santa. Like, I, <laughs> <laughs> like, that would be literally my choice, because I think that would be hilarious. Like, that would be my choice, the midget off Bad Santa. I'm sorry I don't know your name, sir, but I think that would be a great character. And in and in the uh, episode three of the White Lieutenant, <laughs> you would be played by Melissa McCarthy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my that was good. Yeah. All right, Steve, you're up. All right. Uh, let's see, Nick. If you could change the Navy uniform yet again to be a stereotypical American garment. Like, you know, like stereotypical type, like American clothes. Yep. What would it be? Like, you know, like, like. All right. So I get you. And, so and don't, and don't just go back to like, you know, service dress khakis and shit like that. Like, no, 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 no. So I've got two answers on that. So my, my Nick Church answer is, uh, like the Dickies Ben Davis suit. I'm from the West Coast, the 90s. Guys wore the, the, the button-up Dickies shirt with the matching Dickies pants. I feel like it kind of shows that you're a worker, uh, but you're also got a little thug in you, and they may think twice when they come at you crazy. <laughs> that chief might think tw twice before he looks at you yeah. or whatever. 
But the Lieutenant Church answer is, um, I think the two-piece coveralls that the Coast Guard wears is, I don't know why the Navy hasn't been doing that for 30 fucking years. That's it's, the best uniform, man. It is the best uniform. Yeah. It's the coveralls, but it's with, it's like our stupid shit they keep changing colors with, but it's one color, and it's already made. We don't have to, like, have somebody do it. We just change the name tape to U.S. Navy. Yeah. It drives me nuts. So, first of all, I agree with Nick. And I'll give the Marines some props. The Marines got the dopest uniform, first of all. Like, bottom line, I shit on them because they got the fucking jarhead thing, but their uniform is sick. And uh, I'll at least give them that props. But uh, everything else about them, jarhead. <laughs> For sure. I mean, I, I think... I think you guys can work a little bit more Americana into there, like, you know, oh, maybe boy. like a raccoon hat or like a wig <laughs> or something. Dave, Davy Crockett's uh, yeah, Davy combination <laughs> cover. Oh, yeah. Uh, maybe yeah. we can maybe, maybe, maybe wear some cowboy boots yeah. and some Wranglers. Yeah. yeah. There I mean, you go. With, I a, mean, with a dip can in the back? Yeah. <laughs> and then our, our, our service dress uniform would be the American flag yeah. fucking cowboy <laughs> shirt. With a bolo tie, <laughs> and your rank insignia goes on the bolo tie. Like a steel-toed cowboy boot yeah. made by Belleville. I love it. Yeah, that's funny. I love it. All right, uh, all right, Brian, Kobe or Jordan? Oh and man! And don't feel twisted because I'm here. I'm 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 feeling pressure because my boy Nick's here. <laughs> so. I got I got two things like so but being friends with Nick I got mad respect for Kobe uh I think between both of them I think uh, Jordan and Kobe are my one and two uh based on watching the last dance and Steve I know we talked about this in the office uh I don't think there was anybody as determined as Jordan was except for I'm gonna I'm gonna shot your hometown boy up, Tom Brady. <laughs> like those two dudes are probably the most determined people I've ever seen uh, as far as what they want to accomplish. Uh, but in the modern day time, I think Kobe is probably the best basketball player as far as the mentality goes. Like everybody talks about LeBron, but I don't think LeBron has the heart that Kobe did. Right. You don't have so mama so Kobe was determined like Jordan and Brady are of the NBA era that's the modern age. So I I think you got to separate the two, to be honest with you. I think you have to give Jordan his props. But I also think that when you come in the new era, that Kobe was the man and that LeBron can't, can't mess with that. Like, Kobe had his own thing. And Kobe would play the game, whether regardless if he was sick or not. LeBron doesn't have that Mamba mentality that everybody else and then for you, Steve, Boston Sports, Mount Rushmore, name four, go. <laughs> um, Bobby Orr. Okay. Respect I, that. Uh, he's in the holy trinity of hockey, so uh, I think you're going to go Teddy Ball game for baseball. That's a good one. Although I would say that uh, some people would think that you can make an argument about Pedro being in there as far yeah. as Red Sox. Pedro, uh, close. Pedro also blew some shit, though, too. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Ted Williams also 
crazy and wanted his head frozen so he could be cloned in the future. So, I mean, like, let's, you know, yeah. let's, uh... Yeah. Oh, man, that's crazy. Maybe they can put his head inside the, the sculpture at Mount Rushmore, <laughs> the center of it. It may actually um, be there right now. It might. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, Tom Brady, I mean, that's obvious. Yep. Uh, and then for the Celtics, uh, I mean... Larry Bird, man. I, 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 I mean, Larry was great, obviously, but, I mean, Bill Russell. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the guy's that's solid. If, you, if you're about to say Paul Pierce, I was about to lose my mind. No, Larry no, Bird. No, no, no. Larry Bird was a white guy that got some game, though. Yeah, but, I mean, like, I think the whole point of a team sport is to win uh, championships. Yep. Win championships. And uh, Bill Russell has the most. Actually, yep. you know what? I, 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 I rescind uh, <laughs> what I said about um, – uh, just because, well, it, orthodox reference, Rocky Marciano. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Uh, okay. He, he's he's the you know the Brockton blockbuster. Okay. He, he if he if he's not uh, if he's not on Mount Rushmore, then I would say he's definitely a feature at the uh, the, the Rangers cabin at the foot of the mountain. Solid one. So I think with him, the guy that's like checking uh, checking tickets to make sure you pay to go to Mount Rushmore is David Ortiz. Yep. And he's saying, this is our fucking, fucking city, city. <laughs> after the Boston bombing. I I get chills when I see that. Yeah. I really do. That was solid. Um, so yeah, that, that, that's David good. David Ortiz is on that list, man. David that's Ortiz good. is solid. That's good. Yeah, cool. I, think if, I, think if, uh, I think if Big Poppy, uh, if he wasn't a DH, if he actually... You know, if it was position player, yeah, yeah, if he was a position player, it would have uh, it it would have launched him into like as being all around like stud, but all he did was hit dingers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. David Ortiz is solid though. I, I I agree with that. All right, Brian. All right. Uh, so if you guys can name your guilty pleasure, what is it? Oh. Like what do you like? That you're gonna have to air out in front of everybody what you what you do like that you don't want people to know. I guess uh, the only time I feel guilty is when I'm really hungover <laughs> and I have like that hangover guilt. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And uh, my my guilty pleasure is uh, a. Uh, a mighty meat, uh, an extra large mighty meat from Chicho's Pizza with spicy sauce. Okay. Dousing red pepper flakes. Okay. And laying on the couch watching something and doing nothing all day. That's like my, that's my guilty pleasure. Okay. Yeah, I think sometimes you reference guilty pleasures to food, as Steve just alluded to. Yeah. Um, you know, I got a couple things, so... Back home, it's it's only a California uh, pizza joint, uh, but it's called Me and Ed's, uh, and it's brick brick oven style pizza. Uh, you know, side note, my grandfather was one of their first employees, and uh, in, in in the early '50s, and uh, he could have had an option to be, be a, an owner of what turned into being probably a hundred pizzerias now, 
And uh, he was like, no, it's all about hamburgers and fries. It was the right. 50s and car yeah. hops and all that stuff. And uh, you know, he turned that down. But I've got photos of my grandfather at that pizzeria with the big old spatula wood deal, right, whatever. And then I have a guilty pleasure that uh, that is, it sucks to say it, but dude, a bean burrito at Taco Bell with Fuck extra yeah. red sauce. Extra Taco red Bell. sauce is what does it. Yeah. Um, it, it destroys my body for about 24 <laughs> hours after the fact. Uh, and But I still make the conscious decision that this is a 24-hour commitment that yeah. me and this burrito are about to come in with each other. I still do it. <laughs> yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna get on I'm gonna get on the Nick Church train about Taco Bell. So like Taco Bell, like when it's I'm trash up, food, by the Yeah, way. it's trash. It's trash, but like when I'm drunk, I love Taco Bell. Yeah. So like I just order it. I order it and then like Steve put me on that fucking crunch wrap breakfast thing. Oh and like dude, I get that shit in the morning and like when I'm hungover it's fucking delicious. So like, yeah, yeah, so the crunch wrap in the morning fucking fucking just sets it off. I'll probably get one of those shits tomorrow. Hey, <laughs> hey and by the way, since we're talking about Taco Bell real quick, item they took from the menu that pisses me the fuck off, <laughs> the fucking Gordito. Oh, yeah, man. Not, not the Chalupa. Yeah. Not the Gordito Crunch. Yeah. The motherfucking Gordito. Yeah. Man. <laughs> I'm so mad that they don't have that anymore. Yeah. Probably Taco Bell. Yeah. I mean, I mean, let's be honest here. Like Taco Bell, it's the same seven ingredients, just in a different corn tortilla. <laughs> yeah. tortilla it is. Yeah. And if you order the seven-layer burrito, you get all seven of those ingredients. <laughs> Shit show. Got yeah. it. All right, so we're gonna do our last rounds. Everybody's yep. got one question. All right, Steve, if you could buy a yacht or a boat, what would you name her? Um. Oh man. I've never even thought of buying a boat because. Uh... I mean, you're white, so I find that hard to believe. <laughs> oh, white white people love boats. I want a boat. I just can't. Yeah, I'm, I, I mean, can't afford one. That's a that's a thing. Um, I, I don't know. Off the top of my head, I, I think a funny boat name would just be Rusty Cunt Bucket. <laughs> if I saw that, I'd be like, "That's what that looks like a fun party boat to go on." Uh, oh my god. But that seems very abrasive and uh, probably don't want that uh, tattooed on the yeah. side of your yacht. Yeah, rusty cum <laughs> yeah. bucket. Yeah. Sounds good. Especially if there like, is like a speck of rust on the boat, too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just like, oh yeah, I guess it is a rusty cum bucket. This guy doesn't take care of his boat. It's not fielding on Friday. Look at all that high dust. You know, like, it's terrible. Yep. terrible you, gotta the, skipper. you gotta get that deep dirt. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, th I think that your boat should double. As scuba, uh, scuba Steve. adventures, and yeah. you name it Scuba Steve, Steve is what yeah. your, your boat could be named, also. Yeah, but uh, I mean, I, I think I would get sued for like copyright infringement. Probably, by but Adam hey, Sandler. I think you'd be all right. That's all right. All right, Brian, this is gonna be a long, long answer. I'll I'll stop you if I have to. Okay. So I made a uh, someone made a post in the podcast about name the submarines you've been on or underway on, and I know you're fucking Sea Biscuit. Who me? Yes. No, no, God. no. Someone posted okay. it. I don't think you saw the post. No. So, rapid fire, go. Name all the submarines you've been underway on. Holy shit. Go. That's a long. Uh, uh, USS Bremerton, USS Key West, uh, USS Dallas, USS Miami, USS Virginia, uh, USS fucking uh, Delaware, uh, 
USS Newport News, um, USS Albany, USS John Warner, USS Washington, uh, fuck, USS Indiana, uh, Jesus, man, I probably forgot all the motherfuckers. They're all in my laundry bag. <laughs> I'm sorry I can't name them. But I do have a good idea for these boats that we were going to name for Steve. So, like, if I was going to buy a boat, I would name it either Emergency Deep or Fire in the Galley. And I would I would call it both of those just so I could fuck with submariners all day about where they hang out at. And, that would and, be, and you're the FTOW, yeah. and you're sitting there piloting, <laughs> and you're yeah. like, Officer Deck, Fire in the Galley, <laughs> Port. Yeah, 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 right. Like, I would just name it those just so I could fuck with people all day. Like, I can't name all the boats I've been on because I've been on two goddamn many. But I'm telling you, those two boats I obviously would put in my name if I was going to name a boat. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's funny. All right, Brian. What about safety sweep? Oh, yeah, that's a good one, too, man. Those are solid. Yeah, I'm just going to fuck with people all day. Like, that would legitimately be my goal. Okay. uh, I really disappointed that neither one of you said water slugs. Yeah. Uh, so, my question to both of you guys is, what is your favorite holiday of the year and why? All right, mine's 4th of July. Yep. And COVID took that away from me this yep. year. Um, because I'm not that guy that wears this stupid, ridiculous shit that comes with wearing 4th of July stuff on a daily basis. All those guys are out there. But I always love finding that crazy America tank top. Uh, or whatever, head to toe. I got this Vans hat that I wear that like, looks like an American flag. Yeah. Um, but I just love just the hoorah of the United States. I don't care all the social tensions we have, yeah. all the whatever. Anything that you have over the years, right? When it comes 4th of July, fucking people get down. Yeah. They get to know their neighbors, they get to know their friends, and you fucking pop a bunch of cold ones, and you pop some fireworks. And, like, I think that our country doesn't love each other more than they do on the 4th of July. What about you, Steve? Uh, Arbor Day. <laughs> I like to go, reason being is I like to go out and chop down a tree and just burn it. Arbor Day? Yeah. Oh, man. You're fucking full of shit, man. Arbor Day? <laughs> I don't even think that's a U.S. holiday. Is that a Canadian holiday? I don't know, but what it? I mean, you National Whiskey Day? Day is good too, but yeah. I think Arbor Day isn't that like the like the cel- celebration of trees? Yeah, yeah, man, that's you. Yeah, you picked it. They have Earth Day too. <laughs> yeah, Earth Day. Is um, that is that where is that's that where the we're Navy makes you get with? a trash bag and pick yeah. up trash? Is that where we're riding with? No, that was a joke. Um, yeah, well, I figured that. <laughs> um, I was like, uh, I like Memorial Day just because that reminds me of my grandfather. Okay. All right. Actually, both my grandfathers, they both served military, so I like Memorial Day. Memorial Day is a good one. I like correcting people and they're like, thank you. I'm like, like, hey, Memorial Day is for everybody who died. Yeah. Defending this country, not for active duty people. Right. Yeah, that's Veterans Day. Yep. Which is a giant pet peeve of mine. Right. When, yeah, when, man. When yeah, people, exactly. yeah, I like to, I like to, I like to correct people when they're yes. like, "Happy Memorial Day, thank you for service, man." I'm like, I know, but like, you should probably, you know, it's not, it's not about me. Right. I mean, it's about, it's about the people who stormed the beaches all over the world or wherever. You know the people mean? who aren't alive anymore. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Yeah, uh, I agree with Nick on the Fourth of July thing, but probably on the less honorable tip, uh, 
I like sundresses and barbecues, so that's probably why I enjoy it. Uh, fireworks and all that other shit. Um, I definitely deal 4th of July is my probably favorite holiday. Hell yeah. Yep. All right, uh, Steve, you're going to close us out here. Okay, I've got uh, I've got three little three questions I actually jotted down. One of them's one of them's a, a joke bullshit question, but the other ones are uh, legitimate. <laughs> the bullshit one was Nick, if you could ever if you could start a an LGBTQ friendly group, what would you pick? The Old Spice Girls or Clit Biscuit? Clit Biscuit. Clit Biscuit. I like that. Okay. Clit Biscuit. That's a good one. Um, but this one's for. Uh, anybody? Uh, all right. So, marry, fuck, kill the oh. command triad—not the people, but the positions. Oh my god. Okay. So just the positions? Yeah, like you know, like the not people that you've had, just right. like the actual like positions and what their authorities are and what their responsibilities are. Oh, so I'll answer first. I'll let I'll let the fucking I'll let Nick go last. EXO, uh, you can kill because we don't need his ass. <laughs> in charge of paperwork. Yeah, EXO, EXO can EXO can be without. I don't need him. But uh, mm, probably you probably have to marry the CEO and then uh, do the other one with say the cop. Say the, it. No, say it. Fuck the cop, I guess. <laughs> and then uh, kill the EXO because <laughs> the EXO doesn't matter. Like you don't need it. You don't, honestly like. And so, if you were, if you listen to Test Depth fucking uh, podcast, they talk about it. They say like, "What does the EXO actually do?" And like, honestly, I've kind of went through that when my head is like, mm, "You can get by with a shitty EXO if you need he, to." He stands nighttime yeah. CDO right. on stage. He stands at nighttime the CDO. Yeah, and he gets babysat if he needs to. So I would say, kill the EXO. I would marry the CEO and then fuck the cop. <laughs> and, yeah, and to that, so I'm the same way. The So the XO's got to go. Yeah, right? Um, Fucking who cares? Like, like I've that. been underway where the XO didn't go underway. I've never been underway without the captain. So Facts. Uh, that kind of answers yeah. that. Um, Plus you want that, that, oh, you want that CO pay. Yeah, yeah man. Exactly. I got I to get that Alamo. <laughs> and then, and then for, uh, and for the other two, I'll swap Brian's because... I think that when you have 120 enlisted on board, you kind of need that guy in your pocket yeah. more than probably the captain does, because the captain hates you anyways. Uh, he might. Especially if you're in a wardroom. Yeah. Uh, you're already fucking up, you know, eight ways a Sunday. So, yep. uh, you know, but, but hey, XO's got to go. What if your CEO's <laughs> prior enlisted, though? It's, that's a that's a that's a card, man. Nah, if your CEO's prior enlisted, man, it might matter. Yeah, but he was some angry E5 Yeah, maybe. That yeah. was was, you know. Mike Reed. Make, making my water for me when I was a son. <laughs> so. Are we all going to get in trouble for this question? I don't give a fuck. We didn't uh, use names. It doesn't so. matter. We didn't use names. <laughs> I mean, when have you known me and Nick to care? <laughs> so, we, 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 we are politically saying that we can get underway without yeah, the exam. Yeah. <laughs> we will work out the other two once we die the ship. <laughs> oh, that's good. I haven't noticed. I, if you haven't noticed, we don't give a fuck who we offend. So it doesn't really matter at this point. But cool. So what's your answer, Steve? Uh, I, I, I think I agree with you, Brian. Okay. That was my, uh, how I, I flushed mine out. All so, right. So the XOs have struck out. <laughs> uh, XOs. Because, 
Uh, I'm not. I'm not gonna say it. Yeah. What? It won't be good. No, we'll... no, no, no. Okay. Yeah, I hear you, man. Yeah. I hear you loud and clear. Yeah. All right, and to close this out, we've talked about test step a lot, but those got a little diver guys. Brian, what does the acronym SCUBA stand for? Uh. Uh. He he said uh. Oh. Does. Acronym Scuba. I'm not there. Is he? I'm not there. Is he googling it right now? No, no. no. Uh, he just has this crazy like he's never been stumped in the no, way that I've like, stumped him right now. No, but it's like contain underwater breathing apparatus. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I got it. Uh, That's right, bitch. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> and he didn't Google that, folks. That's you know, I didn't Google it. That's right. I just had to. I didn't go on the Rolodex. Cool. All right, guys. Well, we're about to wrap this up. This is one of our longer podcasts, but we don't give a fuck. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So this is uh, Nick Church. Brian Brown. Color commentary by? Steve Sedari. All right. And this is Sailors and Six Podcast. <laughs>